The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How you doing? My designation is RxJ7. You can call me J7 or just J. I'm online and operational, fellas. The bar is open. And that's our finally got J7 up and running. So we have J7 now to help us with the show. So how are you guys doing? All right. Not too bad. Have, I was supposed to get an entire week off last week from work, but I ended up having to work anyway. My countdown is on to when I return back to work. 11 days. Woo! So, um, check out the homepage. What's that? Until you break your other foot. Uh, no. Just don't. We're not saying mm-hmm. that. Melissa. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll, it'll like tap out from being overused because you couldn't use the first one. Well, Melissa and Zoe are coming back from uh, their trip to Louisiana, and they're in Atlanta, and my mom has to put out there in the universe, um, hope your flight doesn't get delayed. No, that's a common thing out of Atlanta. What happens? Their flight gets delayed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? You got to put it out there? Uh, no. Uh, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net, and check out our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code we be geeks, all one word for fifteen percent off your purchase on great Bluetooth speakers. Um, also, too, check out Rebel Sabers. Uh, definitely, I, I've seen quite a few sabers out there between conventions and actually what we have in the parks. Um, I really like the work that uh, Rebel Sabers does and their business practices. Uh, they are actually kind of retooling some as well, uh, finding a new vendor for their for their stuff. 
uh, but use code Wookie for 10% off your purchase. And of course, like you heard in the pre-show announce, uh, code WINGEEKS for 15%, win, win geeks 15 for 15% off your purchase at toink.com. And you too can get your Toink Pick of the Week, which I have right here, gentlemen. It is that time of year, at least for you guys, where it gets really cold. But these are great no matter what time of year it is. Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Grogu, Tentacle, Chowder, Ramen, Bowl, and Chopstick set. Oh, nice. <laughs> so and it's supposed to be cold here. It's just it got cold for a couple of days and decided it forgot how to do that. <laughs> well, I've been averaging to bump your mic up just a little bit. Can bump your mic fader up just a little bit. OK, there you go. There you go. Now, the uh, they have a Mary Force ramen bowl set, but Christmas is over. I but I really like this one. It, it's got Grogu. In the bottom of the bowl, but on the outside edge, you see the tentacles coming over the edge of the bowl. And it has the chopsticks, which you can slide through. Um, oh, that's, this actually would be great for um, having some, if you go to the, uh, we actually had it on here last year, the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Yep. Or no, it was the, it was the Life Day cookbook. Life Day cookbook. Imagine having some Trask chowder with this. Yeah. With all the pickles and stuff that are already in it. Yeah. See, I've not made it yet, but it looks really good. I I really would love to get a set of these ramen bowls for the family. Uh, like a Star Wars one for me. I'm not sure what Melissa would get, but either Star Wars or uh, Harry Potter for Zoe. Uh, just because we we do noodle dishes every now and then, and this would be a great thing to have. This actually, I think, is a um, smaller size because if you look, the chopsticks that come with it are the cheater chopsticks. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. So this may be actually for kids, the size of the bowl. Uh, if I remember right, usable nine-inch cha- training chopsticks. You could you could take the Grogu off and have regular chopsticks. All that is is a silicone sleeve that the sticks go into. Because Zoe's got a pair that have panda that has a panda at the top. Yeah, but I mean, either way, it's still cool. But you could get lightsaber chopsticks to eat with this. Yeah, I actually have so, those downstairs. Um, I am part of a group on Facebook called uh, Outer Rim Sub- Sabak League, and they did a Secret Santa. And my Secret Santa got me a small pack of cocktail mix jelly bellies, mm. a um, neoprene Star Wars Star Wars Pac Man uh, lunch bag. It's almost like a pouch. With the zipper, a uh, single zipper that just zips across, not a box shaped, um, which is fine because I'm slowly going for like sandwiches and whatnot. I'll be using more wraps. So that'd be perfect for, for that. Um, what else did it get? Uh, a Millennium Falcon keychain that had a bottle opener in it. Okay. And a set of LED light up lightsaber chopsticks. Like that one? Yes. Wait, did, that, did I get that from you? I don't know. I got I one. Have a couple of different bottle <laughs> openers and stuff over here, so I don't know where I got that one. That's the one I have. I don't, I don't remember if I got it from you now or if I got it from my Secret Santa. I didn't send it to you, no. Okay, then I got it from my Secret Santa. Yeah. No, but, I just have uh, it hanging over here on the wall. It's a great keychain. Yeah. Um, and then um, it's a two pair of LED lightsaber chopsticks, Vader and Luke. Mm-hmm. But they're... They're not the the Koto Bayuka style. These are square with the um, decal around the yeah. end. That's the ones I have too. 
You got a button on the end that turns them on. Yeah. They're a nice weight. Yeah. I, I like them. I still want to get the Kota Bayuka ones, ones as well because those are really nice too. But no, I I really like those, and I I would use I would use those with my ramen bowl. So see, now I'm going to look to see what other ramen bowls are there. Oh, they have a bunch of them on there. I know they got the they got the light up chopsticks too. They got the Luke Skywalker. Surprise! They have a lot of the uh, actual selection of ramen bowls and stuff. Is um, if you ever if you have a box lunch around you anywhere, uh, I do. I do have one. I like to say it's the um, kinder, more gentler version of Hot Topic because they're both thrown by the same people. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of bowls in there. Showing filters, going kitchen, and it's not there. So what am I, what am I missing then? Just search ramen. Yeah, I might go that route instead. But, uh, so yeah, the, the Grogu tentacle, um, tentacle chowder ramen bowl and chopstick set is the pick of the week. So um, I introduced... J7, right? Or he introduced himself? Yes. Yep. You know, I stopped the star speeder with my face once. My forehead's all bondo. Yeah. That's what we have to less. So, um, let's start off. Let's go collectibles first, shall we? Since we're on Toink. Funko, the Valentine's Day 2022, wait, should be 2023 Funko Pops are now out, or here. This article came out on the 27th of December. They're talking the 2022 collection. No, it should be 2023. They're all new, though. They are. You have a Kylo Ren, You're Not Alone, BB-8, Will You BB Mine, Ray, You're My Ray of Hope, and Leia, which they say is unclear what the message is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these are just like last year's set, all in pink and red, red tones. Uh, pre-orders are available now at Entertainment Earth for eleven ninety nine each, um, with a release date of January, sometime this month. Cool. Uh, you can also pre-order on Amazon, but they have the list date or the release date of April twelfth. It's a little late for Valentine's Day. Well, the other one that makes cool. If you uh, missed, they have. Um, they said that um, Entertainment Earth. If you can get last year's, this kind of down to as much as like six twenty six each. Yeah, yep. So, um, most of the stories are coming from comicbook.com tonight. Uh, Star Wars confirms a surprising character that also owned the Millennium Falcon. Hmm. Who could that be? Well, while it was believed Han Solo to be dead, uh, this was in Han Solo and Chewbacca number eight, Greedo temporarily takes ownership of the Falcon. Hmm. Of course, that is until Solo returns and takes back control. Uh, Chewbacca wouldn't let something like that happen. True. See, eventually it's going to come out and no one knew that Chewbacca's been the owner the whole time. He Probably. owned it all the way back to the beginning. Probably. Just because Han won it from Lando, ownership went to Chewie. Um, according to... Uh, actually, that has this has nothing to do with the story. Never mind then. <laughs> it, 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 talks about, it talks about... It's funny. The story talks about surprising character owning the Falcon, and then all of a sudden it goes into Logue One, or Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Rogue One? Yeah, Rogue One and Andor. Like, uh, what? Huh? Huh? What? So, Greedo, add Greedo to the list of owners, no matter how temporary. Um, Boy, that Falcon really gets around. Yes, it does. Mm. I I have the, it's now Legends, 
uh, the book about the Falcon, and the Falcon was not their original name of the ship. Yeah, because supposedly I think I may have that somewhere. Yeah, great book. Problem with it is uh, Jason's in it. Jason Solo, and he's not canon. What's wrong with that? He's not canon at the moment. But he apparently finds uh, documentation on b- board the ship that goes that gives the history of the ship. And that was one of the things I liked about it. But no, no, no. Uh, so Bad Bash released today. Uh, we're going to be a week behind discussing it only because of just time constraints trying to get to it. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I actually completely forgot that it was coming out today. <laughs> I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Yeah, but um, in the months since uh, the first season aired in 2022, the timeline has gotten more crowded. In the months since Lucasfilm has released Obi Wan and Andor, both of these shows also happened to during the era between the Star Wars prequel and original trilogies which we, we've talked about as being labeled in in the collectible side of things as the dark times. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to mention the Star Wars Jedi games that occur in the same time period of canon. Of course, we're talking Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. So comic book... That happened during the uh, Bad Batch, though. And yeah. actually, no, they're even uh, after that. Everything else other than Bad Batch is like 10 years after. Uh, there's like almost dead center or farther. Yeah. Uh, comicbook.com spoke with Bad Batch producers Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rao about how they coordinate with the other stories set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, according to Corbett, where we are in the Bad Batch is a bit early into the era of the Empire that we're far enough away from Obi-Wan and Andor, but that's not to say some of the storylines that we have don't affect those shows. We really rely on, you know, the Lucasfilm story group who is with us Whenever we have story conferences and they comment on storylines, if some are varying into territory that could affect other things that are either in development or currently being made. And, you know, we've talked about this before with the beginning of season one of Bad Batch, how they retconned story group kind of retconned Kanan's run from our survival of Order 66 from the books, from the comics. Mm which is where his which story group had to approve the comics as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm surprised that they allowed that then. I was surprised too. Cuz the story was already established, why didn't they just animate that story and incorporate the bad batch into it, which would have been easy to have done? Because Star Wars right. has never ever been beholden to the print. On-screen always trumps. If uh, on-screen wants to change something, they'll fi- figure out a way to do it later. Yeah. But uh, that's that's the precedent that George Lucas set down from the beginning. But according if to Cor- on screen, that's one hundred percent what happened. But as Corbett saying, they had to rely on story group. Well, what they're putting on screen, they have to make sure it doesn't interfere with the books or the comics. Yeah. So but I guarantee if they have a story that they um, really like that is slightly different than what the books and comics say. They'll end up going with what the the story group would go with them, and then they'll figure out later how to make it work. Right. They're, they'll now sure, go back and say, they'll now go back and say, well, the whole thing is, you know, we're looking at the, the clouded memory of Caleb Dune mm-hmm. as he's telling this, whereas the you know he had the color of the trooper's armor wrong and all that because yeah. you know, his memory was off. Well, really, it, all of it comes down to an actual straight up business and money. Oh yeah, 
the um the movies, the TV shows, the um, streaming things go to a lot, lot broader audience. That um, and you look at the ad revenue that comes off of all of that compared to the relatively when you talk to the general population of Star Wars of people that actually know Star Wars, it's a very small amount that actually read the books and comics. Yeah, when they're looking right. at it from that point of view. I mean, I love all of it, so um, oh, it's I, not a not I do as well. But from a an executive and business point of view, are they going to change the broad audience um, appeal of something just to appease a very small mi- minority of people that um, have read the book and said, "Wait, this is wrong." Well, I mean, the internet's going to allow them to jump on there and scream, yell, and holler, and everybody's going to sound like the entire fan base is up in arms about it. But it, as we said before, that's mm-hmm. not a large amount of people. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind the change i just questioned why why that's why a couple of the characters were still the same but they they changed the the coloring of the armor and they changed um the the location of where i think they changed the the planet location where it happened yeah but um but she continues on with uh but so far we haven't been told no you can't do that because of this Whereas, you know, we just discussed, there was that opportunity of, no, you can't do that because of this. So as you're saying, screen trumps print. And it always will. Uh, It's really more of a collaboration. uh, In my opinion, it should, but. Yeah. Uh, It's really more of a collaboration, just making sure that we're telling the best stories without affecting other things coming up. So. But you could argue that that did affect it. Um, my wife texting me threw me off. Uh, as Corbett says, the Bad Batch takes place earlier in the era than other Star Wars shows with the beginning of Order 66 and the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire. So it's showing the transition from the Republic to the to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series is built around tension around the Empire's plans to replace clone troopers with stormtroopers and offered a definitive statement on the moment the prequel ends. Uh, the new season depicts on how the Imperial Senate functions in an institution mentioned in the first Star Wars movie after the Empire dissolved the body, but not seen until Andor in 2022. Wait, no, but the Senate still... Senate hasn't been dissolved yet in Andor. It's coming, though. Yeah, the Senate doesn't get dissolved until A New Hope. Yeah, which would be right near the tail end of Season 2 of Andor. Yeah, well, actually, it'll be after the Season 2 of the tail end, unless the tail end of Andor actually crosses over um, past Rogue One. Uh, it may. Who knows? you got to remember that uh, Tarkin first tells Leia, assumes she's still part of the Imperial Senate until Tarkin tells her that he's that the Emperor, or no, he doesn't tell Leia, he tells the, um, the officers around the right. boardroom that the Emperor has just I've just been informed that the Emperor dissolved the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how how long could it have taken to, to get to Tarkin that the Senate had been dissolved? Well, you got to remember, Tarkin has the Emperor's ear. So, I mean, it, it should have come straight to Tarkin. True. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he would know right away. Remember, so, he's wormed his way into where he is basically the Emperor's like third or fourth man down. Which sounds like it's a ways away, but you got to think, the size of the Empire, that's pretty close to the Emperor. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. So uh, Corbett adds, I think we're excited to do just something that was very political, sort of a noir top type vibe because it felt very much like Clone Wars and even prequel era. We had a lot of fun doing those. Um, she continues on. Whenever you get a group of creatives in a room, everybody has inspirations from different things. So that really gets the ball rolling. We've been talking about the next batch of episodes, things we like to see, things that could be fun. 
and thinks that opens up Omega and the Bad Batch's eyes to different pockets of the galaxy and what's going on there and not making the world feel so small because it's a massive universe. So we get to go to different places, have different vibes. But yes, there are several movie inspirations. But then again, I think it makes season two very eclectic. And that's what we're aiming for. I love how she says there's several movie inspirations. This is all based on a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So there's several movie inspirations. I hope there's more than several. Episode one, episode two, episode three. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Going back to collectibles for a brief moment. The first set of Star Wars Legos are available. Yay. Mm-hmm. The new month, a new year brings new Lego sets. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll be happy to know there are four new releases for January. Ooh. And the first one actually has uh, um, the minifigs is interesting. Okay. Once you get there, I'll let you get to it. Uh, the first set coming in at sixty four ninety nine, which is not a bad price. No, not for what you're getting here. Um, Lego Star Wars TIE Bomber. This is pretty cool. Features an opening minifigure cockpit and a warhead bay with torpedo dropping function for four torpedoes. The set includes six buildable torpedoes and two stud shooters. I hate the stud shooters, but whatever. Includes minifigs of Darth Vader, Vice Admiral Sloan, a TIE bomber pilot, which is the same thing as a TIE pilot. It's the same outfit. Yeah. And a, no, called a bomber pilot. No, this is a TIE bomber. <laughs> And a gonk droid Lego figure rounds out the collection. Put Vice Admiral mm-hmm. Sloan in this. Yeah. yeah. She's a character that's straight out of the books. She's not, I mean, was she even in any of the games yet? Uh, Squadrons, maybe? I don't. Maybe. That's a character, and actually, she was first introduced, if I remember, all the way back with um, Windig's um, series, the Aftermath series, I think is where they first introduced Yeah. Her. Yeah. Huh. And why would she come with a tie bomb? That's a relatively cut for um, Lego to be pulling. Well, at one point, she survives and uh, becomes a grand admiral in the First Order. Yeah. yeah, no, she's a major character in the literature. But outside of that, she, um, a lot of people have never even heard of her. Right. That's what I'm saying. This is a, this is a relatively deep cut for Lego to be putting into a toy. Uh, I am double checking. I think she. Screen-wise, I think her first appearance was in Squadrons. No, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't she in Rebels working for Thrawn? She was just a, not even a vice admiral. She was like a commander or captain back then, I think. Uh, okay, now Wikipedia. Give me a minute. She was appearances. Uh, she was mentioned in Battlefront Two. Okay. Uh, she was in the Rise of the Empire bottleneck. Her first appearance was a New Dawn. She yeah. appears in Canaan Number Twelve. Uh, she's in the story mentioned only in the final order of you from a certain point of view. The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Lord Vader will see you now from the from a certain point of view. Empire uh, Alphabet Squadron mentioned only. Aftermath Star Wars Squadrons Shadowfall appears in a hologram. Aftermath Life Debt the Ghost Ship the Star Wars Adventures Destroyer Down mentioned only. Victory's Price mentioned only. Aftermath, Empire's End, uh, Phasma, mention only, uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Expanded Edition, mention only, Resistance Reborn, Indirect, mention. I could have swore she was in Rebels, but okay, maybe not. Hmm. So, uh, next up, 501st Clone Troopers Battle Pack. This one's kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. 
You get four minifigs for 20 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. And a decent looking cannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wish the uh, the viewfinder wasn't blue. I wish it was either black or gray on the one trooper. Uh, well, they're 501st troopers, so. Yeah. They got to be blue. Uh, next up, Star Wars Boba Fett Starship Microfighter. It's new in the uh, microfighter line. And they got rid of the stud shooters. They're back to the flick missiles. Yay. And to wrap it up, this I think is kind of cool. I actually kind of like this. Tuscan Raider Brickheads. It's a, a, no, a, a New Hope outfit with Gaffy Stick and a blaster. I I have really um, I've really taken to the Brickheads. I have quite a few of them. In fact, I have a little, little Grogu right here. So, uh... I'm very excited about this one. Most of them I haven't been drawn to. This one I'm I'm kind of excited for. Yeah, I only have one. I have the Darth Vader. I really like them. Christmas, but it's um they're they're cool. I mean, I just haven't gone out and gotten any of them. Yeah, I just I haven't seen a lot of them. Not since Toys R Us closed. Uh, I oh, see them. I get mine online. Sometimes I see them at Walmart. Some of the older ones are very expensive now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, on um, Lego's website, across the bottom, it said recommended on here. You can get, um, they sell the Ahsoka Tano um, for 10 bucks, the Vader and uh, Vader and Obi-Wan um, twin pack for 20 Then they have Mandalorian and the Child for oh, 20 Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Statue of Liberty. That's, so, that's the one I have. The, one of the, I have the Mandalorian and Child. I just like them. They're just, they're fun to build and they're, they're cute. And, yeah. Um... Yeah, they just have the four different sets on Lego's website. Mm. Now, Star Wars fans uh, over Christmas weekend uh, have had a little fun with some images from the Mars rover Perseverance as it dropped a sample tube, a collection of rocks picked up elsewhere on the red planet. People are going nuts. Uh, NASA has left a lightsaber on Mars. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. And seeing the picture, it almost looks like a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now why is the why is the rover littering on Mars anyway? Oh, who knows? Why not? We send a pl- robot to another world and teach it how to drop its trash all over everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. It says here that um, they plan on sending actually um, in the next twenty years, I guess, or something. Uh, um, sample retrieval lander. Something will go through and pick up all of these canisters for it. Yeah. Bring them back. Yeah. Now, as you can imagine, Doctor Who fans thought it looked more like a sonic screwdriver than it did a lightsaber. Yeah, I could see that, I think. I could see both. Yeah. Or we could take it one further. Jack Sparrow was actually on Mars and left his par- his uh, monocular. <laughs> well, see, if you actually watch Doctor Who and look at the sonic screwdrivers, they could very easily be lightsabers also. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Who's it is? That's uh, the one um, I have. I had showed you guys last year or something. I found at a gas station the, um, the multi-tool thing that was a flashlight and a lighter and a bunch of other things that I thought lightsaber right away. I showed it to a friend and she thought it looked exactly like a sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. So, but this is cool looking. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Was, this was a nice little touch, a fun little moment over the holidays. Um. <laughs> Ryan Johnson is back in the forefront again a little bit. Uh, he reveals the best way for fandoms to handle trolls. Ignore them? Yeah. Yeah, but that's getting harder and harder to do these days. Yep. Uh, do it the way the media picks up trolls. Wait. Yeah. 
When speaking with Wired.com about racist and sexist trolls attacking Ingram, uh, similarly to how Stars of the Last Jedi were attacked, Johnson replied, it's all the same. There was a phase where common wisdom was, don't feed the trolls, ignore it. That's not true. You've got to shut it down. Like a body fighting an infection. It's very heartening to see the huge outpouring of, of very vocal. This is not who this fan base is and shoving it out. It's just so depressing. But if there's any kind of hopeful glimmer, it's the notion that these fan bases are getting wise and realizing, no, we got to punch these people out. So basically, that's like that's like saying, you know, what I know in particular you have said before, Ken, is is the positive voices need to get out there and be as loud as the negative voices. I guarantee there is um, at least 10 times as many positive voices as there are negative. But the positive ones have a good time. Sit back, watch what we like. Don't watch what we don't like and just relax. Yeah. And we don't jump on the Internet and go right. nuts about it. We need to be the ones that are actually out there saying, hey, this was awesome. I had a great time with this. Right. Yeah. Uh, the filmmaker was happy to admit that these trolls were entirely in the minority of most fandoms. And also, while not all criticisms among any fandom are rooted in hateful perspectives, it's quite obvious what motivates the most passionate, passionate attacks. Uh, well, and also that 1% tries to do the shell game where they say anyone who doesn't like the movie is a racist. That's a f- bad faith argument it's so clear the filmmaker expressed uh, we're not talking about whether you like something or whether you don't we're talking about whether you're toxic and abusive online and whether you're an odious sexist racist so interesting point of view yeah but as as we've talked about the the majority need to be more vocal and shut this down shut down the the minority mm-hmm I mean, people are allowed to have their opinions, but when their opinions are worded in a way of my way is the only way and you are wrong and they're attacking you for what they are for not agreeing with them. No, it needs to be gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Well, I've said a long time ago, it's like, hey, I have no problem with having a disagreement with someone. That's fine. As yeah. long as you're willing to sit down and talk about it. If you, right. do, if you just want to argue it and you don't care about anything else, that's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. But the but the way the toxic fandom hits, it, it, it's again, it's the vocal minority. As, as um, Johnson was saying, it's 1%. Mm-hmm. If... And they're yeah. the ones ruining everything. And the problem is that's that's they they're the ones who get all the attention. I'm telling you, this whole thing stinks like Dianoga poo. J Seven has a point. That's right. Sorry, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> um, so StarWars.com uh, was bringing us our last story of the night, and I don't know how we're going to stretch this out. So I'm looking at my time, going, we need more time. Um, it may be an easy recording this week. Uh, the best of 2022 Disney opened with Disney Plus's The Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Uh, Boba Fett becomes the, the Dymo of Mon Espa, and the former bounty hunter turns over a new leaf after escaping the Mardi, Mighty Sarlacc. Uh, the show chronicles his harrowing journey of self discovery and then brings back characters from The Mandalorian, marking the live action debut of Chrysanthemum. And culminating in an epic battle of Boba Fett riding a Rancor. 
Even though the this series started, okay, come on, how how much fun is it to see Boba Fett riding a Rancor? I mean, that was great. Danny Trejo, yes, in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I wish they had more of him. Yeah, two episodes was not enough. Needed more. Uh, you may show up on uh, Mandalorian, depending on where they're going, what they're doing. True. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, us. That'd be cool. Next up. Obi-Wan Kenobi reunited Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and gave us the introduction of Moses Ingram as the fearsome third sister, Reva, mm-hmm. and live-action Sith Inquisitors. See, I would almost like to see her more of Reva. The problem is, with where they, the way they ended it and when they, where they picked up her story, is like, where else, how much more is there to actually tell of that story specifically? You know what I mean? Other than, because I really, I've said before, yeah. I don't see a villain story. Like, I don't need to see a Vader series or a Vader TV show or anything else. That's the this one, other than, because um, after. I would love to see that. Order 66, it's all downhill slope from her. Why couldn't we have like a Inquisitor series where we see Reva rising yeah. through the ranks and, and getting to where would- we see her in Kenobi and seeing her obsession? And seeing how, where her obsession of Kenobi comes from. Well, like I said, we can have that. It's I just could, I, could, uh, I could go for that. I'm not a fan of. I'm not as big a fan of villain stories as much. Like I've never, I've never seen Joker yet. I haven't watched Joker yet. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm missing that much. Um, especially like um, the more they show a Vader, less is more. I think at this point, because more and more they show a Vader, it's like I don't need to see him as a sympathetic character. No. And usually, if you want the um, the main character of your story, you want to have some kind of sympathetic, so you can see yourself in that role. Right. That's why I think we need. I, I would love the Inquisitors. Well, no, because. Because the Vader comic book is has always been really good, yes. And it's not really about making him a sympathetic character necessarily, because you can take the other angle where you can show his how ruthless he is, uh, spiral downward. Yes, and show further and further, you know how he goes down into the dark side further and further. And that yeah. could be interesting for me, at least. I have the same problem with a lot of vampire stories. Yeah, I I will say the evil villains they get staked in the end. I finally getting a chance to really. I I had seen the first four seasons, but now I'm really getting caught up, and I'm almost done with the entire series. True Blood I was like, yeah. wow, they wow. really took turns on this one. Yeah. Not only did they make a. Yeah. Left turn at Albuquerque, but they made a right turn as well. Wait until you get to the the end, the finale. <sighs> I think I've seen the, the first final season. season. It I went a little. Uh, I'm at season six now, so I've yeah, I've already I dealt like, with. Oh, we have shifters to werewolves to witches uh, to yeah, yeah, to the yeah. the one lady who was it Marianne, who's a psycho nut. Oh yeah, and they yeah. they build the meat the meat statue. <laughs> that was like uh, season two. Yeah, and then the the whole yeah we go from sheriffs to now having kings and queens, and then the whole evangelical movement against vampires and oh, uh, like I said the witches yeah. and then the whole uh, all of a sudden Sookie's shoots light out of her hands when we come find out she's part fairy. I was like, okay, mm. this this is getting out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps going. But it's that train. There. It's a train wreck yeah. of. I'm th- I'm this far in. I, I got. I want to see this through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, now, see, I'm different from you, Ken, in the fact in that I like I like having a good villain story. I like to know what makes them tick. I like to know, you know, what what caused them to be a villain. I, that I find that interesting to me. But on screen, I think we've gotten that though with Vader between you know with the prequels into the Kenobi series into sure the original trilogy. Um, so with Vader, I don't think we need to go as far deep on screen. You know, save it for the comics. No, I agree. But but yeah. But this, the thing is, with the um, the way the left was Reva, it's like I would love to see that character in more stuff. But the thing is, everything before this would not be the stuff that made it really interesting. I think the the conflict of um, at towards the end of that and her, if they, I almost wish they would have let her survive and then give us a series of her trying to recover from being an Inquisitor type deal. She does survive though. At the end of Kenobi, not at the end. No, remember, no, because she has she has Kenobi for forgiveness. Yeah. By bringing Luke back to him after trying to hunt him down. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking she died at the end. It's like, oh, then that's fine. So there, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing more of her. Vader Vader runs her through with the saber, yeah, but doesn't no kill her. I seeing more of that. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of the creation of the Inquisitors and, the, and how the Grand Inquisitor yeah, was m- main, named Grand Inquisitor and how... How others were picked for this, and and obviously with yeah, Riva to see exactly. how she ties with Vader and carries his mission of wanting Kenobi just to get closer to him. What led to that, and how how did she get herself to that point? Yeah, and some of the others. I would love to see all of that. Yeah, me too. I mean, because you got 10 years between Revenge of the Sith and Kenobi to get to that point. Right. So how does that come about? It can make an interesting series. And at this point in time, if it's live action, great. If it's animated, great. If it's in the comics, I'm okay with that too. But I think it's stories that need to be told. Uh, The next one, Uh, Andor, 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 Andor took us by surprise in the best way. Uh, I think, I mean, I agree. I enjoyed the series, but this is one that I think not, and it's not even the vocal minority. It was a lot of people who've been very positive. This is one that had very, very heavy mixed reactions show wise. But the, yeah, somehow, uh, if you watch I, the piece, looking side, back on it, I really, yeah. Derek? I was going to say, looking back on it, I really did enjoy it a lot. I liked it, but um, the, this is one that, for some reason, the media has decided is the greatest Star Wars ever made, or a lot of the media. Yeah. Which is why you see a lot of this talking yeah. about Because for some reason, um, a lot of the media has been going bananas that this is the greatest thing that's ever been made. I, I don't know what the fandom actually thinks, because the media is just going to cover what they like. Okay, so with us being fandom and being media, so to speak, <laughs> I, I like the fact that if we don't like something, we say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were episodes that took forever and could have been combined together to help move the story along. And we mentioned that when we covered the show, but that's okay. We, I still enjoyed the show. You guys still enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Very much so. There were elements we didn't like about it, and that's fine. There's elements about all the shows that we didn't like, so. Yeah. But, but we... We didn't do 
I mean, we weren't vocal minority going, oh, this is horrible. You shouldn't like the show. We expressed our mm. opinions and said, you know, love the episode, but here's some things we didn't like about this episode. Could have done without. Don't think it was necessary. The really critical part of it for us was the pacing on some of it. it yes. It didn't need 13 episodes to get to where it got. No, it could have been sped up. 12 episodes, sorry. They, they could have sped up the, the tempo and had more content in the show. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not saying the show was bad. No. That's not us coming out and going, Andor was crap. No, it's us being critical. It's us giving our opinion. We enjoyed the show. It's, it's, it's like over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was mm-hmm. up until the bridge episode where, quote unquote, Deathlock is killed on the bridge. I thought the show was slow as molasses, and there's like half the episodes could have been gotten rid of. After that, when they do the exchange on the bridge, and there's the explosion on the bridge, after that, show picks up, and it's great. Have you gone back and watched that again, the first season? I have not. It's something I want to do. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how 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 you'd see it now, look, now that you know I, everything. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a good experiment. I'm, I may have to may have to do that. Watch the first half of season one. See if it see if my mind's changed. Well, it also had what a lot of series have. That if you watch is um, now the the thing that Star Wars has that's nice is it's not um, a net, none of these shows are network shows, quote unquote. Right. Because a lot of times um, Orville was another one that was a huge example of this. That first season of Orville, halfway through the season, you get a totally different show. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Well, remember all the way back to Knight Rider, the Knight Rider reboot. Halfway through the season, you got a totally different show. Yeah. Because the first half of the season, you have to make what the network and what the network execs want think the show is. Yeah. Once you build a fan base and people are actually watching the show, then you can switch tones a little bit and start making the show you want to make. Well, the the thing with like Agents of Shield is it it fell into the same same blueprint that Joss Whedon does all the time. He did it with Buffy. He did it with Firefly, and that's everything starts so slow because it's way too much building that's n- than was necessary, and it takes half a season before the show gets into what the show's about. Yeah, well, Agents of Shield had um, one of the. Um, it's actually it ends up being a curse for a lot of stuff on this, though. They had the backing of the parents. Yeah. This- Marvel talked to Disney. Disney said, okay, ABC, you're going to put the show on there and you're going to give them at least this much time. So they could do whatever they wanted. And ABC was not allowed to cancel them for a couple of seasons. Well, the other, the other issue was too, all this went down when there was the, the fight between Marvel entertainment and Marvel studios right mm-hmm. before the, which eventually oh, yeah. led to the, to the, uh, to the separation of the two because they kept pitching. It's all connected. It's all connected. But the problem was mm. show is connecting. The show is connecting with the movies left and right. The movies aren't reciprocating. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and and I think that's, I think that's another thing that hurt. It's the exact same thing we were talking about with star Wars, how the um, on screen trumps the, um, yeah. right. well, in Marvel studios, the movies on- trump the shows always t- trump TV. Yeah. And, uh, and all and together, both of them will trump comics. Yeah. Uh, so next up, Light and magic took us back into back in time to the birth of industrial light and magic. I gotta sit down and watch that still. That was a great show. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it yet. I really enjoyed it. Uh, next up, Tales of the Jedi took us deeper into the lives of Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. Um, I don't remember that. 
Did someone erase my memory banks when I wasn't looking? I do remember. I enjoyed the series. I think yes. we all said each episode needed to be longer. They didn't need to be shorts. I could have used more. Yeah. Well, the only one, well, was, remember again, this was um, us be having a critical mind to it. That, remember that first episode really didn't hit as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I found, I found it, I found it odd too, that, okay, first episode is Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Then, and of course we go timeline order with this. Then we go next three episodes of Dooku. So two, three, and four, Dooku, five, six, Ahsoka. I would have been okay if they had podded, you know, I use the term pod because uh, Marvel did it with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the season before their last. I would have been okay if they did first three episodes were Ahsoka, next three episodes were Dooku, and they over, and timelines overlapped. But I get how they did a continuous timeline. Ahsoka's birth, Dooku is a Jedi, his whole story, and then we pick, because we see most of Ahsoka's story in Clone Wars, and then we pick up after the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars, where she's no longer a Jedi. But really, is she not a Jedi? I would say if there is... Of them saying that, but she never stops being a Jedi. You look at all the stuff she's, that she does afterwards. She may not have the title of Jedi, but she's still a Jedi. I would say if there is the epitome of a gray Jedi, it is Ahsoka. Yeah, and, and she did leave the Jedi Order, so technically she is no longer a Jedi, but, but somehow still ended up being a target of, even though. All the clones and everything knew she had left the order and she was not a Jedi. Still ended up being a target of Order 66. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So I have to say with that with that's with the Tales of the Jedi, like I enjoyed the Ahsoka part and everything, but I was really, really digging the the uh goofy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I could have I would have definitely liked to have had more of that, the Dooku stuff. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I thought Dooku was perfect because it, it interwove itself. That's the three episodes interwove itself around Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi lost mm-hmm. and did not interfere with that book at all. Just helped enhance. Which now I really want to, I really want to check that out now. You, you should. I will tell you Dooku changed that book changed my view of Dooku a lot. At first, it's like, I mean, I love the actor. Christopher Lee, Lee was a great actor. Great choice for Dooku. Yeah. It's just the films. I'm like, eh. It's an, aristoc- an aristocratic Jedi, who former Jedi, who, who's gone on a power trip, has political ambitions. Then we come to find out even more. It's like, oh, mm. okay. And then... You know, Dooku Jedi Lost, you get more of the backstory. And then, of course, these three episodes give you even more backstory. It's like Dooku, in many, many ways, was not really bad. He was the one who, yeah, he saw everything happening. He, I mean, if there was any, anyone who is the inspiration for the rebellion, it's Dooku. Yeah. Well, it's because it, it's fun. This is, point has been made for years and years. If you watch, especially watch through the prequels, the Sith always are telling the, they never actually lie. They're telling the truth the whole time. Every time they tell someone, like Dooku never lies to Obi-Wan. No. He tells them straight up right. what's going on. The Jedi are the ones actually trying to hide the truth, hide the fact that their force is diminished and all these things. And you see what happens. 
Yeah. The Sith, the guys with the Sith are telling everything straight up and being being straightforward with everybody. Yeah. Now it's from their point of view, but it's still telling the truth. Yep. Uh, up next, Star Wars Celebration made a joyous return, which it did. Yeah. It had, I think there was less online coverage than normal, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where there's celebrate, Star Wars Celebration, there's Star Wars Celebration Live. But as you mm-hmm. said, not as much as it was in Chicago. I think also the fact that Chicago was a smaller venue. Yeah. So they knew there was going to be less people able to make it. Yeah. Now I'm just waiting for Celebration Cleveland. Don't think it's going to happen, dude. <laughs> um, we learned important life lessons from Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. That was a oh, fun. Which I still haven't watched. And just like in real life, the characters experience a once-in-a-lifetime vacation aboard the Halcyon. Mm-hmm. So... Which I enjoyed that cameo where the whole thing, you know, where the setting is on the house. You know, I mean, obviously I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> obviously it was done to help push, push more hype for the house. You know, um, mm. but we, we've, we've gone down that road. Really did, but we've gone down that road. We're not going to do that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we got hyped for all the big announcements on Ahsoka Mandalorian, Star Wars, the bad batch and more. Uh, of course, with Bad Badge having returned today, as we're recording on January 4th, um, Mandalorian starts up on March 1st, uh, Ahsoka coming later this year, uh, Disney uh, Star Wars Visions Volume 2 will be returning for a second season, and more, uh, and of course, the upcoming Star Wars Skeleton Crew. And also, don't forget the Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Yes, I overlooked that in this article. Thank you for catching that. Uh, it will be following Jedi Youngling Kai Brightstar and pilot Nash Durango. And I believe this is the first really preschool Star Wars show on um, Disney Plus. Because yeah. YouTube's had little ones. It's also the, this is actually the first full-on um, preschool-aimed show for Star Wars. This Well, they... <laughs> They say fan of all ages are readying their lightsabers for this series. Of course we are, but the target audience. Um, And this is also the first series to be set in the High Republic era as well on screen. Um, Star Wars Attack of the Clones hit 20 years. Still hard to believe 20 years ago. Well, now 21 years ago. 21 years ago now. And um, and remember all the um, people going bananas and how terrible and how George Lucas killed their childhood and all these things. And then all of a sudden we get the sequel series and everybody loves the prequels now. Well, (laughs) if you think about it, it was our age that was bashing, not me, but it was our age, our age group, the original trilogy folks who saw the original trilogy in the theater harping on the, the prequels but it, it was the kids and people who had never seen star wars in the theater outside the special editions who gravitated towards the prequels yeah and it's that same group along with the original trilogy folks who are bashing the sequels and yet most of the kids like my daughter's generation they're the ones who are embracing the sequels mm-hmm it's like we've always said. It, it, said it, this, um, it's a generational thing. Yeah, but every Star Wars is somebody's first introduction into the Star Wars world. Correct. There's a whole generation that um, had no idea what Star Wars was before the Clone Wars TV series. Correct. 
Um, when I was young, when I was a kid, I started high school in um, 1991. I mean, I knew what Star Wars was from being a kid, but what really got me in heavy was when the books were introduced, mm-hmm. starting with Heir to the Empire. I'm sorry. Did you just say that you started high school in 90 or 91? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm the child here. Yes, <laughs> I graduated high school in 92. <laughs> I graduated high school in 89. <laughs> it's not my fault you guys are old. Uh, Melissa graduated in 92. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you guys remember when dirt was rock? My wife, Nancy, graduated in 89. <laughs> Melissa graduated in 92 as well. I think we talked about this yeah. when y'all were down here. That Nancy Probably. and I are, this, are, are roughly the same age. You and Melissa are roughly the same age. Yeah, I just seem to recall that. <laughs> After all this, I'm going to need me a hot oil bath and a nice long recharge. You and me both. (laughs) Uh, Next up, the High Republic celebrated an explosive end and a new beginning. As we go from the end of phase one into the beginning of phase two. And it wrapped up 2022 with the first issue of Dark Horse's Star Wars The High Republic Adventures. And when does the next book come out? The Battle of Jeddah? Uh, Audio book came out. Is it already out? This week. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because actually, I did listen through it all the way. And I was, not, I was surprised. It's not actually an audiobook. It's a full cast audio drama. Yeah. That's why it's only 10 chapters. I was thinking, oh, wait, it? this is a book, but it's only 10 chapters? I was thinking it was a kid's book or something. No, it's a full-on audio drama. See, I almost like my audio books <laughs> that way, with the yeah. full audio dramas. But I, I'm a sucker for the old radio shows, too. Yeah. So I have them all on cassette. Well... I'm not talking just the Star Wars radio shows. I'm talking like the old Gracie and Burns, The Shadow, Superman. I have a couple volumes of The Shadow, a couple volumes of Superman. Superman beats Batman. Yeah. For me, a lot of that was, um, I mean, like I said, I love the the radio drama. I mean, I've got quite a few of the Star Wars books that were radio dramatized before before, you know, the pre-Disney era. Yeah. Um, but I would see them go back and finish the movies now that the, there's six more to do. Yeah. But it would have to be, it'd be like NPR or someone, or it'd probably end up being like Audible finally going back and doing it. Right. Well, but to have like Dr. Afra be dramatized, have uh, Dooku Jedi Lost dramatized. And I think for me, that's what helped carry the Dooku story even more. Um, and with... With Afra, even though there was a lot of original tale, it was also very cool to have new content that filled in the gaps that we didn't get in the comics. Even though part of the the book was retelling the comics, we got a yeah. lot of a lot of pre comic stuff of well, Sa- uh, Sana and and Afra met at the academy at university. So, I mean, to have some some of that early stuff added in and intermixed was great. I enjoyed all that. Uh, up next, publishing continued to expand stories in uh, every other era with Padawan, The Princess and the Scoundrel, Shadow of the Sith, and more. Uh, so, in Mike Chen's Brotherhood, added to also told a Clone Wars story that revealed that Anakin and Obi Wan. Um, plus of interest we're up to on Cato Nimodia while Obi-Wan with Padawan uh, while, uh, and Kirsten White revisited young Obi-Wan in Padawan the princess and the scoundrel from Beth Rivas took the flan- uh, took fans on Leia and Han's post battle of indoor wedding and their honeymoon on the Halcyon 
which no, you do not get to sleep. You cannot book the Han and Leia suite on the Halcyon. Maybe that would sell a room. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> but there, there are, there are nods to them having been on the ship during that time on the ship. Like they're like where Han carved their initials on one of the pipes in the engineering room. It exists. I've seen it. I've touched it. Uh, Adam Christopher's Shadow of the Sith expanded on the line from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker with an adventure following Luke Skywalker and Lando that featured Ray's parents and the Sith Eternal. Uh, and then we also got the release of The Art of Star Wars, The Mandalorian Season 2, and The Art of Star Wars, The High Republic Volume 1, and The Art of Star Wars Visions. Um, Star Wars The Secrets of the Bounty Hunters gave readers an inside peek at the legendary mercenaries from Cad Bane to Boba Fett. Uh, Star Wars Exploring Tatooine, an illustrated guide, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Treasures from Batu. Star Wars Be More Obi-Wan and Star Wars I Am Your Father gave advice from the galaxy far, far away while Star Wars The Padawan Cookbook and Star Wars Every Day shared recipes, crafts, activities for fans of all ages. Uh, comics brought us Hidden Empire, Yoda, Visions, and other new tales from Marvel and Dark Horse. And we also, what they failed to mention here, is we also see the end of IDW's run of the Star Wars Adventures and Higher Public Revenge Adventures through uh, through IDW. Um, some big landmarks, including the 100th issue of Darth Vader from Charles Soule. Or wait, is that, is that Vader or is that Star Wars itself? No, it's him writing his 100th issue of, the, of a Star Wars title, making him one of the most prolific writers of Star Wars comics. Um, now, while Aphra and Bounty Hunters kept going strong, uh, the Star Wars series and Vader continued uh, marching from The Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars Return of the Jedi. We also see the launch of a brand new High Republic series and a limited series starring Han and Chewie. Uh, both Star Wars Visions and Yoda debuted in the fall. Uh, Visions one-shot serves as a prequel to the dual short, while the Yoda series... Uh, from an all-star lineup of creators spans centuries of the wise Jedi Master's life. Uh, much to the delight of Solo Star Wars Story uh, fans, it's been a very Kira-heavy last few years in comics. It takes a brave person to take the reins of Crimson Dawn and even a braver one to step to, the, to Emperor Palpatine, as we've seen in Hidden Empire. The final installment of the unofficial Kira trilogy has just begun, and we can't wait to see how she hopefully makes it out of this one alive. Uh, and a hint at what to expect next year, there's Star Wars Revelations. Wait, that name sounds familiar. I wonder. I have in our Google Drive. Okay, now that's Reclamation, not Revelations. Never mind. Um, next up, gamers hit bricks with Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Oh, yeah. Fun little game. And then we got to see the future of Star Wars gaming with Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming. John Williams turned 90. Pan Solo caused a uh, viral yeah. sensation where someone made Han Solo in Carbonite, but out of bread. This one went right by me. I didn't even know this was out there. Uh, Disney took us back. Oh, to, I see. Yeah, I remember that. Disney took us back to Tatooine and Disney Gallery, the Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan at Jedi's Return. 
the Acolyte cast was revealed. Star Wars Galactic Pals arrives and made us all feel like traveling the galaxy with a youngling, both in the toys and in the shorts. And then finally, yes, I skipped over it for a reason, because I wanted to make it one of the last things. March 1st was the first official sailing of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon. That was the official opening day of the ship. Uh, And travelers got to take to the stars aboard the Halcyon and experience lightsaber training, uh, sample cuisines from all over the galaxy, play sabacc on an exclusive holo sabacc table, which was pretty cool. Uh, Actual play game, you know, take part in a sabacc tournament. Um, Bridge training, which you got to do twice. Um, Time in the engineering room. The, The interaction amongst characters from from the franchise just you know a chance to to align yourself with the resistance of their first order or be a scoundrel or or be a part of or or become the the way of a jedi um and if you if you're lucky to do more than one cruise even though you know you've seen everything you haven't seen everything and your path will be different the second time or the third time or the fourth time uh there is nothing like this anywhere. It is definitely one of a kind. And I myself am proud to say I was part of the opening team for the Galactic Star Cruiser and be able to help bring some of those insights to you two involved you know, with the show once I was able to start talking about it. And there's still a lot of secrets that I know that we haven't talked about and I won't talk about because of one, it's, it's a something proprietary to Disney and, and uh, I respect my job and my NDAs and I'm not going to share those secrets, but it, it is an experience that this is one of those times I've been critical. I love that. I love the ship. I think it's a great experience, but my family has not done it ourselves because for us, it's still a little pricey. Mm-hmm. Now, a little it, pricey. Okay. A lot. That's pricey. one way to put it. <laughs> Now, if this was something where the three of us, we had Eric and Kylan from Mighty Marvel Geeks, if we did a, a, a guy's trip, okay, that's a little bit more affordable to each one of us because we're splitting that cost over three to five people. In one room, though? Hey, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be a broom closet. But, um, but when it's like just my family... I'm paying the full price for three of us and I can't split and we can't split that up because it's all shared money. It's all shared finances with, with the family. But like I said, if it's the three of us or the five of us from the two shows, that's easier on our pocketbooks because each one of us is being responsible for our share of the room. And that makes it a little bit more affordable to go. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up the year. It's it's hard to believe that um, the Halcyon only opened less than a year ago. Uh, we're at ten months. Mm-hmm. Low over, or low under ten months, or low over ten months. Yeah. So, because it wasn't uh, pretty much a month from now is when I started my two months on the ship. So it was mid February is when I went over. I want to say around February eighth is when I went over to the ship. Yeah, it was a whirlwind experience. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Proud of my time. 
Uh, final thoughts, guys. Uh, I had one weird thought that had occurred to me earlier. Uh, so we know, so the Bad Batch just started. Yep. And we know that we figured out that there's going to be a part, a point where we're going to have both the Bad Batch and the, the Mandalorian season three at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it occurs to me that we'll, <clears throat> we'll have two shows, one that at the beginning of the Empire and one that is at the end of the Empire at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Going from the dark times to the New Republic. I find that very interesting. Yeah. Ken, final thoughts? I got nothing. <laughs> Last call, folks. Any final orders before I shut the bar down? Uh, finally, welcome aboard J7. And uh, guys, I think there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Uh, don't look now, but we got company at the airlock. Shall I let him in?